Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Beat this tight end. And Raja Bell. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. Alright, we are back after Christmas. Everybody's gifts are open. Yep. They're all given away. We got a huge show. Like it, we're we're right back to work. Yeah. I kinda hit me in a hurry. What's that? New? What the uh, the hoodie? No, no, not a Christmas. Oh, is gift. that a new one for Christmas you? Gift, yeah. Nice. Well, do you like it? Yeah, I do. I do. Have you ever heard of uh, post Christmas depression? No, it's a very real thing because yeah. everybody like it's all the stress and the hustle and family and high of the holiday. Correct. And then all of a sudden you go like zero or sixty to zero. I guess when you hit that wall right. after, and it's a very real thing. Like people really struggle with it. I'll be in the mall today. <laughs> you will. You'll oh yeah, yeah. there's some come out. I'll be in the mall today. Yeah. All right, I'm I, I might have to head over there too right. if I get a minute. <laughs> Uh, so we got a huge show for you. We're going to get to uh, the top 10, my top 10 in the NFL after a pretty big weekend of NFL news. Teams are eliminated and some of them clinching playoff spots and number one seeds and all that type of stuff. We're going to get to that. Our uh, little playoff preview for you is sure. the playoffs getting closer and closer for college football. But Christmas Day is all about the NBA. Recently, they've kind of taken over that day and good for them. They have games starting at noon and it goes all the way till night. And there were some pretty big games. Some of them were entertaining. Some of them not so much. But... The biggest story in the Lakers game against the Warriors, which they won 127 to 101, was nothing about the game. It was about one player and an injury that he occurred. Have a listen to LeBron James as he talks about that groin injury that he suffered during the game. Oh, we don't have it yet, but we'll All get right. to it in just a couple minutes. Your thoughts when you first saw it? Uh, it, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. It was kind of a freaky, like he slipped and he tried to catch himself with his, it looked like his right leg and, you know, he came up and pulled up. Uh, at first I was, I was kind of alarmed because I didn't know when it happened, but when I saw that it happened on the slip, you typically don't really hurt yourself that bad in the groin area on those slips when you try to catch yourself. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. He even, I, I think he alluded to that when he said, uh, you know, he's not really too concerned about injuries. Like, I wouldn't be either if I was a cyborg and I never got hurt, like if I was built of whatever he's built from. Um, but I do, I do think this as I get long-winded in my response to your question, there are timely injuries for teams. At, you know what I mean? Like yes. they're, they're injuries. You know, you've got this ship afloat. You've established who you are in the Western Conference, which is more than most people gave you credit for being. You saw that team respond last night, even when LeBron went out, right? Like, yeah. Golden State closed that lead to two. Everybody thought it was a wrap. And then the young Lakers team with Rajon Rondo and a couple of vets sprinkled around, you know, pulled back away and wound up beating the brakes off of Golden State. And so if you're only going to miss him for a couple weeks and you give some of these other guys some platform, you could wind up with a better product at the end of it. Let's listen to what LeBron said about the injury. I was dribbling down the court, and uh, Draymond got his hand on the ball, and I went to get the loose ball, and uh, just overextended my groin, I guess. And uh, and then I felt it coming down the court, and I actually overextended again back on defense. So it was just an unfortunate play. You know, with me with injuries, I'm I'm never too concerned about them. You know, I was able to walk off of my own power. Um, you know, I felt the pop, and uh, you know, I see if I could stretch it a few times uh, to see if it'll relieve, but it didn't. So. All right, so he's not that worried about it. Mike, I have a couple questions for you. Right. He said he's considering coming back Thursday. Why in the world would you rush this back, like, at all? Unless it's totally not as bad as we think it is. 
The only thing that would concern me is when he said, and everybody read his lips, that I felt a pop. Right. Like, that is never a good thing when you're dealing with any injury, whether it's an ACL or some sort of ligament damage or a groin. If you say, I felt a pop, a lot of times that means something significant occurred. Maybe it came off the bone or it was more of a tear than a strain. Like, that would be concerning for me if I'm the Lakers. But again, why rush him back at a time when he could probably use some rest? Like, why not use this as kind of a decoy to get him some rest? Yeah, um, I'm with you. Um you really felt the power. And you'll know today, like if you're the player when you wake up, whether you've got yeah. an injury that you yeah, can yeah, play. After. Yeah. Adrenaline wears off. You'll know. It'll yeah. tell you. You'll get up and you'll move and you'll be like, uh-oh, nope, this is going to be a couple weeks, right? Or um, you could be like, man, that was just more fear. Because sometimes you'll feel a pop. There's the occasion like you'll feel a pop and it's like not in your muscle. Maybe it's in your hip, right? Like so it'll be an actual like pop of a knuckle or a, a joint rather than the pop of the actual tendon. Mm-hmm. And if it's one of those, then then uh you could be really scared initially, and it, it wind up being okay the next day. But I thought, you know, for the game itself, right, the Lakers this season, when we talked about in preseason, it was, you know, what to expect out of this Lakers team. And I always thought that this team should be a, at least one playoff series win Lakers team. And people were like, oh, no, you know, he's got, you know, this cast of characters. And I was like, look, dude, first of all, Le- LeBron is a real thing. He does it wherever he goes. So you got that. And this cast of characters, it's not that bad. Like they, they have some pieces in, in your vets, like Rajon Rondo, um, what's the kid's name? Lance Stevenson, mm-hmm. um, Tyson Chandler. These are all quality vets, guys that have won games, guys that know how to play a role. And your young pups are all, all figuring it out. They're playing well. This is a dangerous team in the Western Conference. And I know Golden State didn't play well. They didn't shoot the ball well. Um, but they were ready for this game. This wasn't a fatigue, like we're bored with the season. This is Christmas Day, biggest stage. And I think the Lakers came out and made a statement to the league. I'm not ready to say that they will beat Golden State. But when I tell you that they could beat Golden State, I mean it. Like, if things went well, and defensively they are able to duplicate what they did yesterday, which was brilliant. They didn't play Draymond Green at all. If you watch the game, they just let Draymond Green shoot the ball. Like, they literally right. didn't play him. They were playing four on five everywhere else. What that does to a, a player, I was a really good shooter towards the end of my career. Yeah. Avery Johnson had been with me when I was a young player and I was unconfident as a shooter. So he would play head games with me when I played against Dallas. Right. He would have his players not guard me or he'd put his worst defender like Dirk Nowitzki on me. And I'd average like 16 coming into that game. And just the idea that you were going to disrespect me and not play me made me second guess it. Right. And you saw Draymond Green do that last night. So, you know, if if they've got the formula and can duplicate it, they could be a threat to Golden State. It definitely starts messing with you. You'll be standing there and you'll then you'll start thinking about every shot. Absolutely. Like a split second, like I can't are they letting me take this? Do I take like and even that split Why second? Why would you let doubt. me shoot this? Exactly. Right? That doubt starts creeping in and it does start messing with you, uh, for sure. I think you've mentioned a guy a couple times there, Rondo, I think he's gonna be huge. If LeBron has to miss extended time, and I think he's because he's a veteran presence who touches the ball every time, if LeBron is out, I I think he could be one of the most integral parts of their success if it continues because he's got that – he's a veteran presence who can kind of keep everybody calm and kind of keep a sense of what's going on. He's out a there. conductor. Yes. He's like Le- – LeBron's a conductor. Like you you could have – to your point, like let's say any other like seasoned vet that may be better than Rajon Rondo that's not a conductor and you can't withstand losing LeBron. But he's another guy that will do all the stuff that LeBron does in terms of organizing our offense – communicating what we want to do on defense, just running the ship. He conducts offense. So it's a really, really nice uh, uh, B type of conductor scenario to LeBron's A. So when you look at this game, yeah, the Lakers won it, but the Warriors, everybody's still everybody's favorites, and they should be. Sure. Who is the biggest threat to the Warriors in the Western Conference? Uh, there are two teams for me that pose a really big threat to them. Um, one would be 
the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I know they lost to Houston, but I don't put stock in Houston yet. Like I'm still out. I know James Harden's been playing great and we'll talk about him in a minute, but I don't you are gonna have to do more for me from for, for me to put you in that conversation. But uh having that Paul George and Russ Westbrook, they really, really defend, they can get after you, they can grind you out a little bit. I think there is a threat there for Golden State. I don't know what the threat percentage is, but I think that's a threat. And I do believe the Lakers to be a threat. Anytime you have LeBron um in a playoff situation, you have to account for that. The same way you'd have to account for Paul George and and Russell Westbrook. That's two stars, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're dealing with teams like, I don't know, Denver Nuggets, let's say, I know they're really good, no real star power. Right. You're gonna go to Portland, right? And you got Dame Lillard and C and CJ McCollum. Dame Lillard's kind of star, CJ, you know, on the verge, but they don't respect them like they respect LeBron and and Paul George and Russell Westbrook in the playoffs in terms of refereeing and the way the game is is, is officiated. So Golden State will, will be threatened by Oklahoma City and the Lakers, trust me, yeah. uh, come playoff time. I think the Warriors' biggest threat of themselves. Yeah. Like, if they get, you know, they've had the Kevin Durant versus Draymond Green sure. drama, um, injuries. Like, it's, it's all within them. Like, cause clearly if they played up to their potential, they're going to beat anybody out there. What happens when Boogie Cousins gets back and, he, and he's in the lineup? Like, what, what sort of wrench does that throw in the team? Absolutely. And who, you know, there's only one ball to go around. So it's all to me is the Warriors' biggest enemy is themselves. Yeah. I mean, look, which they should be able to figure out and they should be fine, but you just never know. When you've played that much basketball together, you've been to that many finals. Uh, there is a level of fatigue. We talk about it all the time, but emotionally, physically, the boogie situation is going to be interesting because it could be like just a fantastic get for Bob Myers in the front office there, or it could be catastrophic. His, not his personality. This has nothing to do with Boogie Cousins as a person, but his skill set and what it would do to that offense. You're rolling the dice. Like you have no sample size. There, he had he was, you know, in, he had an Achilles injury, so you couldn't have seen it. So you don't know what that's going to look like. And you, there, your margin for error is a lot slimmer than it used to be in the Western Conference with teams like Oklahoma City getting better, like the Lakers, and you can throw Houston and them in there if you want. So, you know, that's going to be a really big one. What about his personality, though? Do you think that has any potential to clash with John? Because, I mean, they're kind of similar alpha males, right? Like in their their leadership styles or, you know, like their emotions that come come into play? So, yes. I mean, there could be some conflict. But I don't don't think – I think Boogie gets a really bad rap for his personality. I don't think he's just a bad dude. I think – you know, he, he's a guy who wants to win. He's ultra competitive, as is Draymond. So yeah, but I think they figure that out. I don't think that becomes a distraction or an issue for Golden State. I think more, more importantly, it'll be on the court, whether his skill set kind of meshes with what they want to do, whether he's too demanding on the court, just in terms of his style of play. And it, it makes that ball stick for a fraction of a second, which is sometimes all it takes to throw your offense out of, out of rhythm. So I, I think there's more to it on that side than off the court. Roger, does it look to you like they don't know how to sort of play from behind when things are going really bad? Like, it's like year three with Kevin Durant now, and it still looks like they don't know who to give the ball to. Is it Kevin Durant? Is it Steph Curry when Clay's shot isn't going? Like, who shoots for them to get them back into these games? And at times, it looks like they're lost still. Yeah, there, there could be some of that. Um those roles, because of the way they play, are less defined than on other teams. Like, you always know that LeBron is the guy. There could still be a power struggle because those they 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 all get really hot sometimes, right? And so, could be Steph's turn, it could be KD's turn. There's no clear delineation between one and two, if you will. But more importantly, I I think that when they get down, they feel like they have to hit a home run and get right back in the play the next play. And that's typically not how it works with basketball. Like you grind your way back into the game over the course of a quarter or the course of a quarter and a half. If you're trying to hit a home run on the next play, so I'm up eight. 
Now I got to try to make two threes and you miss those two threes and I get layups. I'm down 12 real quick. Right. You know what I mean? And that starts to snowball on you. So I think there's, there might be something to what you said, but more importantly, like they just want to hit home runs instead of just getting a bunch of people on base and, and getting RBIs. Are, are you surprised? So I, just a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the Rockets saying, man, they look awful. They were outside of the, uh, the playoff number. Like they were outside yeah. of the top eight in the West. Currently, Vegas has the Rockets with the second best odds to win the Western Conference behind the Warriors. Like I'm, I'm shocked at that because I think the Lakers probably should have the second best odds because they have LeBron. Yeah. And um, so right now it's it's the Warriors are sitting in a favorites two to five. The Rockets and Thunder both have the same odds to win the Western Conference at seventeen to two, and then come in the Lakers at thirty five to four, and the Nuggets behind them. Look, Vegas five to one. I'm I'm surprised. Vegas is usually pretty much on it though, right? If James Harden is going to play like James Harden has played over the last eight games, all right, where he's averaging thirty nine points a game virtually. Right. Forty-five percent from three, thirty-nine percent, uh, or forty-nine-five percent from the field, thirty-nine percent from three, six rebounds, and almost nine assists. Then yeah, they got to be, you know, in the conversation for winning the Western Conference. The problem is that's just the last eight games. Like, what did he do for the twenty games before that? Like, right. And and is that going to continue? Like, did it just take him twenty games to round into form? So, like, I think when I look at the Lakers, and I don't mean to have this knee-jerk effect to what happened yesterday. But, no, because you've been on this for a while. You you said this ten days ago or two weeks ago when we were talking about the Rockets being bad. You thought the Lakers were better than everybody. They're thought. so deep. The yeah. Lakers are deeper than Golden State. Like the Lakers have depth of which like maybe only one other team in the NBA, like Toronto. You can maybe throw Denver in there. They go really deep. When you're bringing guys like Josh Hart off the bench, and you can come in with Rondo, and you can come in with Lance Stevenson. Like these are guys that are difference makers, not just. You know, roll dudes. They're, right. they're, they're upper level roll dudes. And so, you know, depth becomes a, a, a real valuable thing when you get later into the season and you have an ability to roll 10 guys out there when other teams can only roll seven. Right. No doubt. I wonder if these odds too are impacted by LeBron's injury. Probably not until we find out something, but it's something the Lakers will be watching out, uh, for closely and we'll be all over that yeah. in the next couple of days, uh, when it is finally announced. CBS Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, the Eastern Conference was also in uh full swing yesterday yeah. too, with the NBA going on. So the Celtics continue to own the Sixers. It was an overtime game, probably the most entertaining uh, uh game of the day. Kyrie went off, put the team on his back, which goes to you before talking about um, – I forget which team we were talking about from the Western Conference. Like, I just don't know if they have a guy. The Celtics do, which is why I think when people were ready to write them off – like you saw how dangerous they can be if yep. Kyrie gets things going. Yeah, and they have multiples of those. Right, right. It, it could be Kyrie. It could be, you know, Jason Tatum at times. It could be Jalen Brown. Um, you know, it could be Al Horford. But Kyrie's obviously the best one. And, you know, th this was the issue with Boston, believe it or not. Like, offense was a struggle for them early this season. They weren't firing all, all cylinders. And, you know, I want to be fair to Gordon Hayward because I love Gordon. Like, I text him through his rehab and stuff like that. But I think Gordon... And the Celtics have had to kind of wrap their mind around he's not the guy that they got two years ago before the injury. 
And that doesn't mean he can't be that guy again right. at some point. There but right now, so it's less Gordon Hayward, if you will. Like, whether that means minutes or just touches, like, it's less Gordon. And I think things have kind of sorted themselves out for them offensively. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a process to figure out how much time he gets, how many touches does he get, when does he get those touches yeah. in the game. So I think, you know, for people that are ready to write off the Celtics, you got to just pause, hit the pause button just for a minute and say, all right, you know, let's, let's see what this team does down the stretch as they're still figuring things out. What about the Sixers though? Cause Boston clearly owns this team. Maybe they're in their head, but Ben Simmons is struggling shooting the ball. Like he's, it's just, you haven't seen him become the type of offensive threat that I think the Sixers would love him to see become. Yeah. You, you, um, you know, much more of the facilitator, which is good, but I think it sometimes you're just like, all right, when's this dude going to shoot? Has not attempted a three. All season. Yeah, this, I mean, at some point, you know, he's going to have to figure out how to make shots and it's going to require a whole lot of digging into like, you know, the reps and also the mental reps and, and, and gaining confidence in it. But Boston is another one of those teams when we talked about like what Avery Johnson used to do to me. Like they almost dare Ben to do what he doesn't want to do. Everybody should. And it's, yeah, but it, you would think right. everybody doesn't. Some guys are too proud. They're like, oh, we're going to play him straight up. Right. And then other guys are like, not too proud. All right. We're going to gimmick it up right. and see if it affects you. And I think it affects him a little bit. Uh, and they don't have enough shooting around him. Like last year, you could survive a little bit when you had Ilya Sova. Um, you had, uh, Marco Bellinelli. You had JJ Redick. You had the kid Covington. Like that's a lot of shooting. Yeah. So when you've got Ben who doesn't want to shoot, and he's trying to make his way to the basket. Now that double team that you need to send at Ben has to come from like the three point line as opposed to, you know, I don't know, like the free throw line. That's a huge difference in terms of the amount of time you get to make your move and get to the rim. And it's affecting him. It's an affecting, it's affecting his ability, uh, to score, especially against Boston because they, they have the recipe to defend him. So a lot of people were ready to write off the Celtics. They're still the second uh odds favorite, odds-wise, to win the Eastern Conference. Raptors the clear front runner. Celtics two to one odds you can get them uh, to win the Eastern Conference, uh, followed by the Bucks and Sixers at five to one odds there. And then there's a big drop off. It's kind of similar both the Western Conference and Eastern Conference. How about four or five teams that people think can really win it? And then there's a massive drop off in that back half of the what will be the playoffs at the end of the season what's your favorite eastern conference team like uh, i would probably stick with toronto just I, they, they feel like they've been so close and they've they're used to winning yeah they're used to playing that number one seed they have a great home field advantage and now they have a difference maker in Kawhi leonard it's it feels like they've been this team waiting to break out couldn't get through lebron yeah and now that he's gone like they just feel like they're the most ready most anticipated and they'll be the team that fill that fills it up i can't really argue with that i like toronto too i the, the it's not sneaky, but there's something about the Milwaukee Bucks um, that I can't put my finger on. I knew they were going to be better this year, but they do look like a team that if you make one mistake against them in a seven-game series and they can flip, if they can flip either the home court or just flip the tenor of the series on you, that you could wind up like losing the Eastern Conference Finals to them. Yep, no doubt. Uh, they're definitely a team to watch out for. All right, skip on to the NFL yep. where I got my top 10 was released. Okay. You know, it's like, hey, Christmas, we kind of forget about it. So I don't think you'll have a whole lot of problem with anybody on my list. Although I do think the NFC teams are much easier to figure out. Like, yeah, the Saints, they improve. You know, like they're, they're home field throughout. Now right. you're like, all right, they're legit. The Rams, still a little bit of concern about Jared Goff. The Bears have that defense. But then when you switch over to the AFC, I'm like a little bit at a loss. Like I'm looking at all these teams. I'm like, man, they all have issues. Right. Like, like the, the Chargers, who I absolutely loved, needed that home win. They could have still contended for home field. And then all of a sudden they lose at home to the Ravens. I'm like, oh, man, well, what happened to that? Now the Ravens are a really good team. 
But Lamar Jackson's unique. Like, he's this unicorn that nobody's ever seen do what he's doing before. So, like, for the NFC, I feel pretty confident about my one, two, three. Like, those teams I have a pretty good beat on. The AFC is just completely up for grabs. I don't even have the Texans in the top ten. You could easily make a case for them in the top ten. Yeah, correct. I, th- so, this is it is a mess. Um, and the Chargers, I think last week we had the Chargers high they came out and they kind of they kind of dudded right yeah, like and but they so they don't play well at home which is interesting that's why i kind of like the chargers i think the chargers might have had a blessing in disguise by having to go on the road they're 6 and 1 on the road this season right. and if you play at the stubhub center like it's not a big home field advantage a lot of times in la it's like one of those transient towns much like if you go to a dolphins sure. game everybody from other teams is there rooting for them i don't think it's the worst case scenario for the chargers to actually have to go on the road where are you at with new england so that's the team I think that I was willing to write off. I don't like them. I don't think they're great. I think, but they still have Brady and Belichick. Right. So they, like, they're a team I could easily see winning the AFC. I wouldn't pick them, but I would not be shocked at all. I think you could see this team. I think what could hurt them is the fact that they didn't get home field throughout. Like, I think that could come back to haunt them. If they have to go back on the road, you know what's interesting? I could see them having to go to Baltimore, which historically through Brady's career has been a team that gives him fits. Right. I could see the I could see the Ravens knocking them out. So I like the Ravens, you know, even though I have them five and six, they're right kind of dialed, like lined up right next to each other. If the Patriots had to go on the road to Baltimore, I could easily see the Ravens me, coming out with that one. Let me ask you a question, right? Because you talk about the Ravens and this this like Lamar Jackson is unique, right? Let's put it like that. And what they're doing with him is unique. Because even with RG three, wasn't he like? Were they designed runs or was he just pulling it down and, and run? I feel like they're more Lamar? designed runs with oh, Lamar yeah. than any quarterback I may have ever it's seen. It's not even close. Right. They're doing like they are. Well, see, this is why they're having so much success because defensive coordinators are like scrambling, having to go watch college film. So here's my question. Yeah. Because eventually, like teams get a book on that. Yeah. Right. That's why people are, are are debating whether this is sustainable for Lamar Jackson as an NFL quarterback. Um, how long does it take? For someone to figure out how to shut that down, I feel like that's something that you should be able to do in a week. Right, right. You have enough film already. For right, five, six. Like, games, why? Why is he starting. still able to do that? I think they can scheme for it, but in a work, you know, in a typical work week, we only have two practices where you're going to be out there. You're going to put somebody out there that at, to run. Like, I was the scouting quarterback. He's not going to be Lamar Jackson. He's not going to be Lamar Jackson. Can't run it at the speed he's going. So they might even be in the right place, like assignment wise. But they're not used to being in that spot. We're simplifying they, this. Put a receiver back there then. <laughs> Let a receiver run the scout team defense. I right. mean, well, offense. Trust me, they will. They'll have other things done. But then right. that receiver doesn't know. Like, he can't throw. So yeah. it's like, all right, what do you do then? It's more challenging. Like, and then when you get to the offseason, they'll spend, like, an entire week uh during the offseason, like, OTAs. They'll be like, oh, we're going to dedicate this to what Lamar Jackson is doing. You know, in right. training camp, you start tackling it. It becomes more second nature. And the thing is, is the Ravens are still sprinkling in more – like little nuances to the scheme where all of a sudden you're like, oh, you've been running it every time. All of a sudden he pops it over the top. Yeah. Where the linebackers were all focused on, hey, let's stop Lamar. Then there's a window and it's, it's, it's creating really nightmares for defensive coordinators, which makes this team really fun because this defense travels. Right. They're awesome on defense and yet nobody can figure out how to stop Lamar. And he did have, he did have his best passing game against the Chargers on the road. Do so you, he's getting more and more confident. Do you imagine Baltimore? I mean, I don't know what the fan base was like with 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 uh with Joe Flacco. Like I don't know what they were like. They loved him during the Super Bowl run. Okay, but, but I think they'd had enough of. They'd him. had enough. Yeah. Okay, so then people are like all oh, Lamar Jackson right now. I would think so. Yeah, I would think they're very exciting about. Yes, it. Yeah, I mean, yes, we are. Yes, we oh, are. Okay, I'm a Ravens fan. All right, I'm a Ravens nice. guy. There we go. I, but he's like he's brought a lot of excitement, and the thing that I think will be even scarier is when they start opening the playbook because they clearly put his passing. 
um, development on the back burner. Right. My big concern of Zim is like, we've already seen him knocked out of three games. Now, were they minor injuries? Yeah. But I just, you can't sustain this. Even Cam Newton hasn't been able to sure. stay healthy and he has He's twice his size on, yeah. on, on Lamar Jackson. So that's my biggest, uh, concern for him. All right. Rookie of the year. Brady Quinn was in here. You were out last week. Yeah. We were talking about rookie of the year. I thought it was Saquon Barkley's and it was a lock. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's putting up numbers that we haven't seen before from a running back, uh, as a rookie. After watching Baker Mayfield this past weekend win yet another game. Right. I think Baker Mayfield's going to win rookie of the year. Do you really? I do. I think he's going to steal it out from under Saquon Barkley. And I think a lot of it has to do. It's positional, right? There's clear bias towards quarterbacks, right? If you're a quarterback and you can have success, then you're going to get a lot more attention. You're going to get a lot more awards. But I also think about who's had a bigger impact on their team. The Giants are still bad. Like, they're still not yeah. going to make – the Browns aren't going to make the playoffs either. But Baker Mayfield has made a monster difference on this Cleveland Browns team. I'm a Baker Mayfield fan. I didn't love the the Hugh Jackson stuff. I was you didn't. I was obvious. I mean, like I was obviously upset with that. But I do like Baker, um, and I can't argue with that because your 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 stats are producing W's while Saquon's aren't. But there is, to your point, something to do with the position there. But I look at Saquon's numbers, and we're talking about running back They're ranks. Filthy. Like we did this. You're talking about fourth in the league in rush attempts, third in the league in rush yards in the league, not amongst rookie running backs. Like this right. is amongst the league. You're tenth in yard in, in yards per carry. Um, you're tied for fifth in rushing TDs. Eighty-seven receptions is, is second. Uh, fifth in receiving yards and fourth in is seventh in receiving touchdowns. Like those are top ten in every category for a running back numbers across the league. So, like in in a vacuum, I'm going with I'm going with Saquon Barkley. But I cannot argue with the fact that Baker's numbers are actually affecting W's versus L's. And you've taken a franchise with no wins last year. And you've got them. What? What's their record right now? I don't know. Is it seven and is it seven and seven? Is it seven six and, and seven? Seven, seven and eight. One. Seven, six and one. Yeah, they've got Can't argue one. with that. Um, you also got to remember because Baker Mayfield is tied for a lot of. He's pretty senior. Like he's thirteenth in uh yards. Right. He's you know he's done twenty four touchdowns, eleven interceptions without playing the first two games, having to deal with a coaching change. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things no. got to overcome. You said something I want to hit on real quick. Because he did get caught staring down Hugh Jackson. Just stop. You thought it was a big deal? See, I think no. it was one of those moments where Twitter gets all in this uproar, and it's like, I can't believe he did that, and then everybody's upset at Baker. Like, I thought, I don't know. I just don't think it was that big of a deal as we're making out. So clearly there's an issue, though, that he had with Hugh Jackson. Like, I knew it was bad. I knew it was that bad. And I think it's a bad look now after the fact, but I don't think it was that big of a deal. My bigger beef was with the first, like, when he was throwing them all under the bus about him leaving and taking the, like, other Exactly. Job. Like, yeah. he's talking about it at the podium. I thought it looked childish. But this it's one, true. I guess, it is. Le my thing to Baker would be like, dude. Let it lie. Let it ride, bro. Yeah. Why are you messing with Hugh Jackson? Like, Look, you're having a fantastic, you're supporting, like, their faith in taking you number one. Like, you're exceeding a lot of people's expectations. You got the Browns, you're probably like, you're probably as big as LeBron at this point in, in oh, Cleveland. Oh, sure. Leave, leave you Jackson alone, man. Right. You don't it need to be make, over there staring him down. It does make, cause he's having this incredible year. Yeah. And instead of talking about how great he's playing and how he should be you're, playing for rookie, you're talking, about, talking him, about him staring down right. Jackson, which is kind of like, all right, what are we really doing here? The only thing, taking attention away from what he's been doing really bro, well. I, I, when I tell you I really like Baker, I love his swag. All the stuff oh, yeah. that people didn't like about him, like, did you see the the video of him, like, yeah, doing the, doing drums. the air drums? Like, <laughs> dude, I love that he, like, wears emotions on his sleeve and he's hype. And to some, I was a player like that. So I know that you have to take the crossing of the line sometimes with the good, yeah. right? But I'm simply saying from experience, like, 
all pregame and all that hype is good, but when it comes like personal with you and another, let that ride, dog. Like, so I think don't he's, even... I think he really toes the line between just brash cockiness and confidence. And I think there yeah. is a line you can cross. And I think he walks right up to that line and he puts his toe over sure. sometimes and stuff like that that I don't like. But ultimately, I love the way. And but I think you have to remember what he comes from. Him being a walk on, him, you know, having to fight for his job, transferring to Oklahoma. I think this thing with Hugh Jackson might be his own mental thing of, hey, this is my mind trick of, hey, you know, he needs that chip on totally. his shoulder. I can't believe you didn't start me week one. Like yep. maybe that's what he's upset about. I'm going to show you I should have been starting from week it, one. Like all this stuff that goes on to mentally get you going. Maybe that's what this is about underneath the surface. If anybody knows what that's about, like it's me. Like yeah. I, I would. You know, when I was lifting weights and doing extra reps, I would have people like Greg Popovich would be going through my mind who cut me and and anyone right. who ever told me I wasn't good enough, like they would be in my head. And when I like during the national anthem, like I would be picturing all of these people. I would build up to like tears almost. I'd be that emotional to play the game. So I get it. I'm just saying in retrospect, as a 40 some year old man, I look right. at some of the stuff I did. Right. And I'm like, like man, <laughs> right. like, you know, but it, I, you still had to take it because it, it, it helped you be who you were. But when you can scale back in certain little areas, just... Because I think the greatest players of our time are able to have that chip on their shit and generate it. Like, because you really can't use it anymore, Baker Mayfield. You were the number one overall pick. You got a $20 million Correct. signing bonus. Like, Correct. Tom Brady was a six-round draft pick. He can't... But he still fools himself into thinking, yeah. I was that six-round draft pick that nobody believes in. Like, that's still what drives him, which yeah. is crazy when you think about it. And different guys do different things. But I agree with you. Baker, cool with you. Just let it go. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. So college football, it's that time of year. So this is, it's becoming epidemic. The transfers are one thing. We'll hit on that in a little bit. I didn't have but also, my ID I missed all of that. Oh, you did? I just realized that. Like I was like singing <laughs> right before we came back on. And I, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, in addition to transfers, which we'll get to in a minute, yeah. we also have some potential suspensions, which I think are pretty alarming when you consider them and consider the game that they're playing in when it's some of the biggest games of the sport. So Dexter Lawrence is a uh, defensive tackle for the uh, Clemson Tigers. Not just any defensive tackle. He's probably going to be a first-round pick. Right. Probably going to be a top-15 pick. Uh, you know, the sky's the limit for him. He's one of the integral parts of this defensive front. He, along with a couple other Clemson players, tested positive for a banned substance earlier this money, Dabo Sweeney told reporters on Monday. Sweeney's comment, his quote was, we're just kind of at the mercy of the process, and then there's an appeal after that, but that doesn't really help with this game. This particular, this particular substance, which is, uh, Osterine. Yeah. Never heard of it. Uh, this particular substance can come from anything. <laughs> and these three players have no clue. In fact, they thought it was a joke when I called them. They have no clue how this has gotten in their system. It could have come from hair products. It could have come from a cream. It could have come from protein. Uh. It could have come from a product that you order or buy online and you think there's nothing wrong with it. It could be anything. Literally, it could be a drink, something in a drink. Huh. I don't, I don't know. I want to deal with because there is a lot of stuff you can do that with. But what man, do you mean there's a lot? What do you mean? Osterine can be in anything. What do you mean? What does that mean? Well, obviously it, it there come must from be anything of it in a in a hair product. If he says that, I'd, I'd be curious to know what is in it. But here's the thing about it: you are taught so much about what you can and can't put in your body, and so much so that they'll say, "Don't get anything from GNC. Sure. Don't go do so. like you. If you get a cold, you're supposed to go to the trainer so that yeah. you, if you take a Nyquil, you're supposed to report it yep. so that they know it, so you don't get a positive drug test." I don't know. I just look at this and I, I kind of, and it's maybe I'm just at this point where I don't trust people because I've seen too many times people just the initial thing is to deny and right. say, I didn't do anything. 
But I look at this, I'm like, man, this is a bad decision that Dexter Lawrence and these players made. Now, I could be totally wrong. Maybe Dabo Sweeney's uh, right, and they just innocently did it. But I've seen too many times guys try to find the edge, and I think that's really disappointing for uh, for these guys before the biggest game of their career, if that's what happened. I am going to take the other side of it. There's a lot of times when you're, especially in locker rooms, where things are provided for you, right, like hair products, you know, razors, like you, 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 you know, there are toothbrushes there. There's, there's, right. you know, powders and, and lotions and all, all kind of stuff, right? So if you're telling me you can find Osterine or Osterine. I don't know. In any of these, like things, it could have been something that was just provided and all three of those guys used. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, you know, maybe it slipped through the cracks of like the equipment dudes who buy that stuff. Like, you know, they wouldn't probably know to look for Osterine on a banned substance list. I don't know. Osterine I'm, is a, SARM, what is SARM? Don't ask. I don't, yeah, all right. Mostly used to help increase muscle mass and strength. Like that, that's Find that in hair products? Well, that's hair products. Okay. That's what I'm saying. And like maybe there's this time and apparently they were just a trace amount in this one. I just look at these and I'm too skeptical because of the history we have as a society with professional sports that guys just are always looking for an edge and it probably was them trying to get an edge and they probably got busted. Like that's that's wanna, the way I look at it. Like I wish I could give them the benefit of the doubt, but I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I do too. They're college. I don't kids. feel like you do. I well, feel I, like I've seen it too many times, and I've been duped too many times. Like, I don't think it is in some unless it's like if it isn't a hair product. Like, do you have to like really rub it off? Why would Dabo say that though? If it's like what, he's gonna have his players back. Oh, no, but which I, I mean, appreciate. I'm, we're not gonna fact check that you can find it in a hair product. What do you What do you mean? <laughs> like I'm saying to you, like there's a. What do you mean? That's what he said. I don't know. I'm sure because I'm sure if they have some plan of how to explain this away, or I'm sure the players and their trainers said, "Hey, this is the way you get it around." What do you mean they're trainers? Osterine and hair products. It is one of the autofills that comes up. And it's because uh Dabo Sweeney said it. <laughs> Dabo, okay. All right, I'm off. I'm out. Yeah, they took – listen, bro, here's my deal. And I've said this – I've said it before. This is all entertainment for me. Sports are entertainment, right? Right. Like, there's some purists. I don't care what you put in your body. I don't. Right. Like, if the product entertains me more – do whatever the hell you want. Right. Like, why do I care if you're using Osterine now, or what not? If you're, what if your sons were in college right. and they were taking Osterine? Like, wouldn't you want somebody to protect them from taking that? That's my job. Agree. That's not, that's not the trainer's job. My job is his dad to (laughs) make him feel like, hey, look, so I didn't use any substances. Right. I I did it. Right. I'd be naive to think that there weren't guys in the NBA. No, I didn't see it. Like, I would tell you guys if I did, but I didn't see it. But there are some guys out there that are using some stuff. Right. Like, then it's up to me. But my dad raised me not to take it. So, right. like, that, that was my his job. My dad scared the you-know-what out of me about everything. Growth hormones, right. steroids. I mean, he was like, he'd show me this literature all the time because he's a doctor. doctor right? He would show me, like, this right. is what happens if you do this. Like, heart failure, early age. You know, all the stuff that was negative. He would always pepper me with it. So, I was always terrified. Why is it cool? And I, this is just a bigger conversation. Why is it cool for, like, our action stars, right? Right. To take... I mean, like, I don't know. I'm not going to say any names. But why is it cool right. for them to look like they just and everybody ate knows a whole gym, right. right? Or like our WWE stars. It's all entertainment. Yep. And like baseball and football and basketball players. Why is it such like, why do we have such a fit when they do it? I don't, right. it's all entertainment. Yeah. I kind of agree with you. I, I am sort of in the just let them do whatever they want. And if they're going to, they'll have to deal personally with their consequences. Like if there are negative side effects, Correct. they'll deal with that. Cause so, it's probably going to be a, cause for some guys, it could be a hundred million dollar gamble. Like, and they would be a lot of, I probably would have too been willing to say, all right, I'll take the risk if I can make this much money. The, the argument, I mean, you're right, dude, if you can, <laughs> come on. Like, right. The argument is right. Like there would be like, well, you know, they get competitive advantage. So does the wrestler that takes it. 
Right. Like, or somebody else does not take so it does in, the actor. doesn't make the money. So does, so does the actor. Looks he walks into the casting call like that, and the other one doesn't, and he gets the gig. Right. Right? Like, uh, come on, man. All right. So we got Dabo and Clemson dealing with those three players that are potentially suspended. We don't yeah. know yet. Bama has actually already went and suspended three players, including one of their starting offensive linemen, well, Dante Brown. I just... Like, what did you do? They got seven five stars at his position. What do they care? <laughs> that is true. It doesn't matter. He can suspend it. Like, eh, come on. That is true. But, I mean, what did you, like, you don't have, you don't, like, you're not upset at these players for doing something stupid enough to get suspended for a playoff game. Like, this is one where I think they're selfish decisions. Like, did they miss I don't, you? Were they yeah. drinking? Like, what was it? I'm curious to know with that, but good they for Nick can't for laying down some sort dude, of Dude, listen, they cannot, I played basketball is different. Yep. I made a huge difference on my college team. I broke a lot of rules. Right. That man looked me in the face a lot of times and said, Hey, don't do it again. <laughs> right? Like, so they can't mean that damn much to the right. team or, or Nick Saban is going to make that work. Um, so yeah, look, dude, am, are they college kids? Are they going to make mistakes and probably stay out after curfew? Yup. Like if they were good enough, would you make it go away? Yup. So they, I think it's, I think it's such it. a cop out that in college that they can just go with the undisclosed team violation and then that's you. it. Like, I want, what happened? Tell right. us what I happened what because happens, there's going to yeah. be so many different circumstances where kids are getting suspended. So, like, we have kids who are using, like, a steroid or whatever, and they're going to be suspended by the NCAA. And, like, Saban's just suspending kids for team violations. Right. Yeah. I, but I think we will probably find out. Like, reporters, are, there's too much information everywhere, and there probably already is in some chat room. And, you know, it's online, a Bama chat room, where they're probably already guessing what these players did, which I think is worse. Like, I'd actually rather know if you're the player. They're sacrificial right. lambs, bro. Yeah, totally. It does send a message. Official lamb. So my inner conspiracy theorist, who else was with you? Right. right. Who else was there? Like, weren't alone. You, yeah, who else was there? You could suspend these three. All right. So we got caught up on the suspensions. Uh, we also have transfer news as Notre Dame quarterback Brandon Wimbush has announced that he intends to transfer after the playoff run. You're saying go to Miami? I don't know. Is Mark Rick going to run to the offense that he likes? No, he's not. Doesn't look like it right now. No. I think, I think if you're a quarterback, Miami would be a great spot to go to. At this point, ex- yeah, cause you could probably play. You'd There'd play. be an open competition. They don't, like Nikosi Perry has been a mess off the field. But you'd have to really be concerned to your point, like Brandon Winbush's skill set. Does it fit with what Mark Rick wants to, like that's the, that's the other side of that, right? Right. Like Mark Rick, you have some flexibility with these cats. Anyway, one, go ahead. The one reason I like this yeah. is that he's already graduated. Yeah, he got his so, degree from Notre Dame. Which awesome. I tell every kid coming out, if you're a quarterback, whatever position you are, it doesn't even matter. Get your degree as fast as you can so you hold some of your own cards. I'm telling you, it's the best thing you but, can do. But so no how, how long would it, how long does it take to get your degree? Now, in today's, you probably in today's... do it in three years. Like so, easily, I think I don't even think it's that hard. Like I think you do th- all these dudes do it in three years. You have to go to summer school, but they want you at summer school anyway to be training. So you might like I only took two classes in the summer, which was a joke. I went like and I would have so, it Monday, Wednesday, Friday was one class, Tuesday, Thursday why, was another. I was done by like eleven. Why can't you get your degree when you transfer? Because the rule, if you graduate early, if you, you don't have you to sit train, out, you don't have to sit out. Yeah, but that's I mean, why? But if you, you preserve, if you preserve a bunch of your eligibility, mm-hmm. you can, you'll just redshirt. So you don't have to right. burn the year. Let's say you right. don't redshirt right. your first year. Yep. And you're in a poopy situation. Right. And you're like, oh my God, I want to leave. I want to leave. But you're like, oh no, I got to get, I got to burn two more years to get the degree. Right. So I don't have to sit out one year. Right. When if I left after that first year, I could take the redshirt and preserve three years of playing. Right. You could still do that. You could use that too. But ultimately you will have to take a redshirt. You'll have to sit out a year. Yeah. Of football. Take all right, uh, let's finish off with some NFL news because the Redskins have released DJ Swearinger, as you mentioned earlier in one of our updates. 
So let me give you the details of this, and I want to hear if you think it's fair or unfair. Okay. Because he's been playing all right, but he and their defensive coordinator, let's just say they don't get along. So after their last uh, loss, he came out, they lost to the Titans, and he blasted his, uh, his defensive coordinator. He said, quote, we should have blew them out. If I'm the D coordinator, I'm calling a zone every time on third down because you've got a backup quarterback. Make him beat us. Make him, okay, a zone, go here. We're going to pick you off, man. Man, but if you run three by one, you're going backside every time. Even a kindergarten quarterback know that. <laughs> <laughs> like I said that, I'm well, reading the quote, You know, know that. Um, <laughs> I see, I, I, he got cut for this, but apparently. Well, apparently he had been warned several times by Jay Gruden, like, hey, knock it off, man. Stop uh, airing out our dirty gotta, laundry. You got to be cut. Yes. We got to cut you, bro. See, that's where I'm like, these guys think they can get away. And I get, we all like that we get quotes, but there's a way you can criticize without just directly putting, putting, you called him out. You said, if I'm the defensive coordinator, which throws Minuski under the bus yeah. right there. Why don't, go, and you've already been warned. Dude, go talk to Minuski. Right. Like, why does he might have? Maybe they had had yelling matches. Maybe they'd already had it out, but you only have two weeks left of the season. Is there any chance he wanted to be cut? There's a good chance. Maybe that could have been. Yeah. The, maybe he's miserable every day and he was like, cause he's a good player and told, he knew he would get picked I up. I told you about did. my, my like, my thing with Ty Corbin, right? Did I ever tell that story on air? Which one? We got some good ones. I did you? One. About when I like really lost it when it was the end for me in Utah. Yeah, when he well, told me I lost this a game because I said something on the end of the bench. Like I said, I, he pulled me out of a game and I, I mumbled something as I, w- I sat down and he didn't play me the whole rest of the second half and I was cool with that. So we came in the locker room in Philly and he was like, uh, you know, you guys, you know, we'd lose the game and you know, he's, he's blaming everybody and he looks over at me. He says, and you go down there and you sit on the end of the bench and you know, when you say that we can't recover and then we lose the game. So I was like, I, I was kind of remorseful of what had happened. So I was just going to take it. Yeah. And then he told me I lost the game. I was like, wait, I was like, so I sat out. I said, are you telling me I, what I said lost us the game? And he was like, uh, yeah, I am saying you lost this game. I said, well, you're a stupid blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he said, what? I said, you heard me. If you were saying I lost this game, then you're a stupid mama, mama. <laughs> And the whole locker room went, what? <laughs> and that was the end for me. That was the end for me in Utah. <laughs> How long did it take? Well, no, it, it was like gradual. So like, oh, so you didn't get cut like that day. Like, nah, not later he that called, day. Like, teed out on a bus. He called me into like the, his little coach's locker room. We sat, we talked and I was like, Hey, dog, like you, I ain't never had nobody blame a loss on me, especially when I've never had anybody curse. I was like, well, all right, here we go. <laughs> First for everything. So you're, you gotta stay in Philly. You catch a flight back to Utah. I was like, all right, cool. So they got on a bus, right? And then come to find out they're like not allowed to leave me at the arena. <laughs> so I had to get on the bus, right? And walk past him and all the coaches oh. in the front. And all of my teammates in the back are like this. <laughs> so I get on, like they drop me off at the airport. I meet them back in Utah like three days later after the road trip finishes. And they meet with me, Kevin O'Connor and him. And they're like, so I guess you want to demand a trade. And I'm like, nah, I'm straight. Right. I was like, if we can work it out, like I was a grown dude. I was yeah. like, yeah, I, we did what we did. Behind us. Bro, they, as soon as they didn't trade me and I said I didn't want to be traded, they buried me, bro. <laughs> buried me. It was a wrap. Oh, see, you live. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Canel and Bell. Download and subscribe to us anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the pod. And while you're at it, you might as well follow us on Twitter at Canel and Bell.